Hey there, welcome into the EP podcast on a very special military Monday. Tell you about that in just a moment. I'm Austin Horton. Thanks for tuning in each and every day. It is very much appreciated and uh, and I'm full of gratitude for every single person that clicks on and listens to this podcast. It really does mean the entire world to me. So thank you so much. We have, as I mentioned, a very special Military Monday guest coming up to talk about or to talk with and to hear from, I should say. We have big time NBA news and we've got a very unfortunate situation around one of our local teams and coaches that we'll have to talk about as well. But before we do that, as always, we start each and every show off the very same way. We look at this day in sports history, with it being June 8th, 2020. A couple things that uh, happened that really set forth and made history for us. Looking back in 1966, June 8th, the NFL and American Football League announced their merger agreement in New York City. That, of course, brought forth what we know today as the modern NFL. June 8th, 1993. Michael Jordan scored 31 points and the Bulls beat the Suns 192 at the America West Arena in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Of course, a moment of silence was observed before the game, though, for New Jersey Nets guard Drazen Petrovic, who was sadly killed in a car wreck two days prior to that night. Uh, A moment that I was, in 1993, I was uh, seven turning eight when this happened. I remember it like it was this morning. Uh, And June 8, 2005, Alex Rodriguez hit his 400th home run off Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Jorge De La Rosa in a 12-3 New York Yankees win at Miller Park. It was A-Rod's second home run of the game, and that made him the youngest player to reach 400 home runs at 29 years and 316 days. Of course, the question still remains that we'll never know exactly the correct answer to how many of those at the time 400 home runs were due to him cheating and using steroids. There you go. This day in sports history for the 8th of June. All right. I don't want to spend too much time on the sports topics uh, today because I do want to make the majority of Monday's episodes about the Military Monday guests and topics. And uh, Antoinette Stapley will be stopping by and joining me in a few moments to talk about Operation Hero and uh, the life and legacy of her husband, First Sergeant, in the Army, Tracy Stapley. Uh, but before we get into that, I just wanted to briefly touch on this Morgan Scally situation. <sighs> this it's, it's ridiculous, the world we live in right now, where nothing that you previously counted on to be consistent can be counted on anymore. Morgan Scally, I always thought and still do believe, is a really good person. Uh, I think he's a good person father i think he's a great football coach i think he's a good man but i never dreamed that we'd be sitting here talking about a local coach being uh in trouble for a racial slur and it would be about morgan scally he would have been probably the last coach i would have picked out of the group to say okay he'll have a problem with this sometime in his life and yet here we are If you missed it, and I don't know how you could have, but just brief details. It came out on social media, on Twitter. Someone claimed to have proof that Morgan Scally had sent the N-word about four of his recruits that he had uh, got to sign with Utah from Texas uh, years ago. And Morgan Scally owned up to it when asked about it, said it happened, said that he had 
apologized to the family and, and players that were involved. He said that uh, that was that happened at the time that he apologized at the time about it, and that he he owned it and said, "Yeah, I did it, and I shouldn't have done it. It was stupid. It was it was dumb." The University of Utah immediately put him on suspension, released a few statements, uh, and they've hired a, an outside firm to do an investigation before they determine whether or not Morgan Scally will hold on to his job ultimately. A couple thoughts I have about this are the University of Utah is taking some heat for not outright firing Morgan Scally, and I understand why they're taking some heat for that. Uh, because, and here's why I say that. If we boil it down to should Morgan Scally keep his job or not, my question that I turn back to people on that is if I went on the radio today and used a racial slur, knowingly, knowingly used a racial slur, intentionally used a racial slur, didn't stumble over my words and something accidentally, you know, uh, sound like a racial slur, no, purposefully decided on my own conscience to utter a racial slur on the airwaves, should I keep my job? The answer is a simple no. I should not keep my job. That should be taken from me. I should not be allowed to do something like that and still remain employed. Now, I would have said that before the George Floyd murder and the uh, Ahmaud Arbery and Breon Taylor because I remember Eric Garner. And, 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 you know, we've gone over the list of names time and again. I would have said that years ago. Not, I'm not saying that just because of the current unrest and the change that I believe is happening in our country. So should Morgan Scully keep his job? I'm, I'll just, I'm glad it's not my choice because Morgan Scully would probably not be employed today if I was in charge up there. To suspend him uh, you know, while an investigation plays out, there is also some credit to be given there. For the University of Utah to have the bravery to do that with the aforementioned civil unrest that's going on right now. To stand up for their guy who has never had a problem with this before. I would be shocked if he's ever had a problem with it since that day. Uh, and, and, and the reason I say that is I know of a specific example that I can't give too much detail in without getting uh, people upset. But I know a specific example of when Morgan Scally was working in radio. And he naively uh, said something to, to somebody that could have been taken as a derogatory term or, or as an inappropriate joke. And he absolutely was innocent in those intentions. He was just simply asking somebody a question. And the way he asked that question surrounding a topic that had just been uh, touched on as well could have been construed in a, in a way that painted... Morgan Scally into a corner and that that and it wouldn't be okay for anyone to say what he said but he absolutely did not know the words he was saying were slang for something else and it wasn't racial it wasn't anything like that but I know firsthand that he learned that day oh that means this now not that and I can't say that in that way and he learned and he moved forward and that was just fine this is different, though. The N-word is not new. It's not slang. It's not, uh, you know, uh, the, it, it has been a, a no-no and a horrific phrase for centuries. Morgan Scally should have and does know better. And he has paid a, a price so far, 
But is it enough? As much as I love Morgan Scally and think he's a good guy, he made a mistake that I, if I were his employer, could not stand by. I would have to sadly part ways with him and let that be a consequence and let it show to everyone else in my department, we will not stand for it. You cannot say that word and hold on to your job. You just simply can't. Not now, not then, not ever. Uh, is that a hard stance I'm taking? It is. Do I feel bad for Morgan Scally? I do. Do all the former players uh, of his that have stood up for him agree with that? Absolutely not. And I don't begrudge them to stand up for him. I think that's really great of them to come forward and say he's not a racist. But he did use a term that is horrific. And you cannot, in my opinion, hold on to your job after doing that. Uh, if that ostracizes me from the cool crowd, I'm sorry. But I, I, I will not stand by and not voice my opinion that that word should never be uttered by anybody. NBA news now. Uh, some roster decisions and roster details. According to Adrian Wojnarowski and Bobby Marks of ESPN, uh, the NBA and the NBA PA is discussing ways for teams to be able to, uh, to be allowed, I should say, to replace injured or sick players on their roster during the playoffs uh, in Orlando coming up in the, in, the, in the end of July and first part of August. And part of those details include unlimited additions, unlimited signings for players if to replace injured or ill players on the roster. However, they, the parameters set forward around what players would be eligible to be signed only include players who have already been signed to an NBA or G League contract or training camp contract this season, meaning a guy like Jamal Crawford could not be added to a team for the playoff run in Orlando because he was not on an NBA contract uh, at any point during the season before the COVID shutdown. Uh, there's other uh, details around that, but they get pretty nitty and gritty and boring so just, just understand, NBA teams will be allowed to replace injured or sick players with anybody from that eligible pool, which will be made up of players who were on an NBA contract of some sort this season before the COVID-19 shutdown. All right, coming up next, it's time for Military Monday. My guest this week is Antoinette Stapley. She uh, runs Operation Hero, uh, a, boot, a traveling boot display memorial. Uh, in most parts, in most times, although during COVID they did something special over Memorial Day weekend a little differently. But she gathers donated boots from fallen soldiers and their families to decorate and put on display. And I've had the privilege of seeing one of those displays over at Mark Miller's Subaru over the Christmas holiday last year. And it was touching and moving and life-changing. Antoinette's husband, First Sergeant uh, Tracy Stapley, gave his life for the fight for freedom and liberty everywhere in Qatar. Uh, in 2013 and uh, it's my privilege and honor to speak with Antoinette coming up next right here on the EP podcast and privileged to have a, a very special guest here on Military Monday on the EP podcast. Her name is Antoinette Stapley, the widow of Army First Sergeant Tracy L. Stapley, who gave his life for our country 
and fight for liberty in Qatar in 2013. Antoinette, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes to talk with us on our Military Monday. I hope you and uh, your children are well. How are things? Um, really good. Um, thank you for having me. And, you know, everything so far, we're doing really well. Um, of course, we have good days and bad days, which we knew were going to happen. Yeah, certainly. But, yeah, we're doing really good. Good, 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 good. Well, we, we want to talk to you about Operation Hero. Uh, and, you know, when we were uh, talking on the phone the other day, I did not realize this, but I have seen one of these displays in person before. Uh, I do a show here uh, on the Zone Sports Network every Saturday with Mark Miller Subaru. And oh. they had uh, Operation Hero there, If I think it was last Christmas time, was it not? If I'm not yes, mistaken? It was. Yeah. Yep, that was, um, we were contacted by Mark Miller and to show it over there, um, I can't remember what its name, um, through the holiday season. Yeah, the is it Share yep. the Love or Do Good Share the good, Love, there you go. Share the yep. Love, yeah. And uh, I, I, I'll tell you, and I, I want you to give us the details of what Operation Hero is in a moment, but I'll tell you what, Antoinette, that was, I've, I've always had this great admiration and, and love and appreciation for our military men and women and their families. But standing there and seeing that display, it's actually one of the reasons that pushed me over the edge to do a podcast and focus on uh, celebrating the lives of our military personnel and their families uh, was the, the display that you, uh, that you have your hands in. And I believe you started Operation Hero. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Operation Hero? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, sorry if I get choked up. It happens when I sure. talk about it because it was started because of my husband. So Operation Hero started back in 2015 was our first event. We held a 5K. Um, and back then it was just, I just wanted to do something to continue my husband's legacy. Tracy was always known for giving back and helping others, whether it was needed or not. And so I knew I had to do something. And so in 2015, like I said, we held our first, uh, 5K, raised money, and we were able to give back to a couple different organizations, uh, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, and also to American Widow Project. And then in 2016, the air show was coming up here to Hill Air Force Base, and I had met a retired lieutenant colonel in a an exercise class up at Hill Air Force Base and asked her why there was nothing up there for the fallen. And she came back and the next day and said, here you go, you're approved. Which I was kind of struck because I wasn't, it wasn't for, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I knew that there was a, a national boot display, contacted them, but it was going to be around $10,000 to bring in that display which I didn't have. So instead I thought, well, you know, let's make it a Utah display. And we put it on Facebook that we needed boots. And then we decided to have the families decorate the boots to tell the story of their loved one. And it took a lot of research because there's no list with all of our fallen. So I would stay up until about three o'clock every night researching and I knew we had some names missing from the contact I was in contact with. And so 
this list became, and Operation Hero grew with the boot display. We give back to organizations. We give back to the Gary Sinise Foundation for the Snowball Express, which helps the kids of the fallen. And we also educate. We I go around and speak about preparing for the unexpected, how our military members, their spouses, their family members could be better prepared in case of the unexpected. It's such a it's such a cool thing to uh, and cool is probably not the the right word to use, but it, it's so moving to stand there and, and gaze out upon and across the these boots that men and women were were wearing as they left their families, left their homes uh, for something that they had such a love and passion about the the fight for freedom and liberty, not just here on our shores but around the world. And to look at those boots, it's you say to excuse you if you get emotional, excuse me if I get emotional, because it is so touching. And I think we have a a deep seated love and patriotism for our country in this nation. But then when you see that stuff right in front of you, the physical evidence, like a boot that was worn by a soldier. It touched me right. so deeply, Antoinette, that I, it humanizes it. It's no longer a superhero in a comic strip to think of a G.I. Joe. It's actually a, a, a brother or sister of our community who we've lost. How do you go right. about uh, uh, obtaining the boots? How, do, do, are they nominated or, or do you uh, go around and ask people? How does that work? So, like I said, we put it on Facebook and just asked if anyone had boots that they would like to donate. And a lot of these boots came from retired service members, current service members. Um, my husband's boot that's decorated is, is his actual boot. We've had some families that have used their actual boot. Um, you know, and it, it brings it to life. Like you say, we added the pictures to put a name with a face so that people know, you know, we've got some young Young service members who died, we have older ones, and we have some with families and some without, and they're all so important, every one of them, to remember. Yeah, and, and I know, and I want to ask you, if, if you would, if you're comfortable, to share some thoughts about your husband, uh, because as you mentioned, every life, no matter what age or, or duty that they're called to, every life that is lost matters, it's worth gold, and it matters absolutely, and that's why it's called a gold star, and I, I believe your husband uh, perished in a non-combat situation, but that it really does not matter to me, Antoinette, how they lose their life. They lose it in honor of their country. And I wondered if you would yeah. share, uh, give, give us a, a profile of who Tracy was and is as, as a person to you and your children. I would love to. And thank you, because we don't disclose how any of our service members die in our display, because we want them to be remembered for who they were and who they continue to be. And so Tracy was, I met Tracy in junior high. So he took my breath away and I met very athletic. He loved to play basketball. That was his sport. Super fast. Um, a lot of his friends now, you know, we're older uh, in our fifties and they even say he was, fast. He was quick on his feet. Um, Not only was he quick on his feet, but he was quick with his mouth as well. (laughs) Um, You didn't ever know if Tracy was being serious or if he was joking with you. 
99% of the time he was joking with you, but you didn't know about it. Um, he, he loved his family. Our kids were everything to him. He taught them common sense is what you need. Book smart, you need it, but you better be common sense smart as well. And he was there. He was known as the dance dad for our little girl. Um, he was carrying her dance bag. He was at every performance. He was at every soccer game. He just was this man who, when you saw him, you knew that there was something special about him. Very patriotic. He loved his country, loved Disneyland. He was like a kid on Christmas morning at Disneyland. And we would go there. We went there for our honeymoon. We went there for every vacation. And even now, our kids love to go there. And we do the same ride every time. The first ride we go on was the first ride we went on with him every time. And that was the Pirates of the Caribbean. And Tracy was just, he taught so many people so many valuable life lessons. And helping and loving and caring and that's who he was and that's as i look at our children now it's exactly who his dad their dad was and they're now showing out and and this uh operation hero if i do say so myself is a great way to honor uh tracy and to carry forward what you, what you're describing as a selfless giving person uh, who would, uh, who deserves honor and praise? But it sounds to me like Tracy's the type of type of person that would deflect that praise and try to spotlight someone else around him rather than himself. Exactly, you said it perfect. He did not like the limelight, and that's why he's not front and center of our boot display. He would want to be right alongside. It's so it was so important for him for others to have the recognition right along, you know, they all, they all served. They all signed the line. They all went and they're all very important. So I will continue doing that for him. He shines at our house in the boot display. They all shine. What are some of the uh, returns or reactions you've, you've heard or, or been told from uh, the the members of the of the military's families who have participated in this display. What are some of the the great stories you've been told uh, or thanks you've been given? Oh well, um, the support from the families. We have Gold Star moms who volunteer. We have Gold Star dads, um, Gold Star widows, kids that volunteer and help us out. Um, for them to come in, it gives them a sense of comfort. What I love when I'm doing the display is hearing the stories of their loved one and who they were and what they're doing, even in their own way of honoring. And so watching them come in, we can laugh, we can smile, and we can all share a tear together. And that's what our community is. Those family members have been amazing. And if it wasn't for their support and help, I don't know what, I would just probably be, I I don't know. I don't even have words. Um, I'm very blessed to have those families. 
and you touched on something there. Uh, it gives an opportunity and a place to, well, to use the word again, to place your emotions. Because I think that, uh, I think as a military person, you want to be tough and you want to be able to withstand pain and you want to be able to go through anything that comes your way. But as you know, as human beings, we need the cathartic, uh, healthy side of grief that comes when these things happen. When you have a boot display, are you witnessing people able to sort of leave, not leave, but, you know, uh, uh, put their emotions in there with that physical display and have a, an avenue to feel? Yes. I mean, they come in and they, they're able to let go. It's their time. It's so sombering when you walk in there, like you said. It takes you, kind of takes your breath away the first time you see it. And these families are able to grieve. Um, some of these families, their loved ones are buried in Arlington. So over Memorial Weekend, they don't get to go to Arlington. You know, they may not be in Arlington to pay their respects. So they come to the boot display. We, we not only have the family members, we also have military members that serve right alongside our service members that are in the boot display, they come in and the emotion that they have hits you as you're watching them. I mean, they, I have seen so many tears from service members when they find a friend in the boot display. And that is touching. And if we could bring our children to see how important this is and what this means to everyone. It would be the biggest lesson I think we could give our children about Memorial Day and about our our heroes. Yeah, that, that, that's well said. And, and I, my experience uh, w- with uh, seeing the display at the Mark Miller Subaru dealership was that showroom. Any other day is just a, a showroom for for cars and, and selling in a business. But in that on that day, Antoinette, it was it became hallowed ground. It was almost when I walked in, it, it literally it felt so. It felt like I was in a, a spiritual building all of a sudden, because mm-hmm. that those shoes were on the feet uh, of people who gave and are giving the, the, of themselves uh, without asking for anything in return. And when you walk in there and you see that, you feel this just river of uh, warmth run through you of this this is where and like you mentioned arlington it may not be their resting place there with those boots but it's where our emotions are able to go and block out the world and uh experience those emotions of gratitude and sadness uh and happiness for the lives that they lived and led my question though is in these times with the pandemic that's going around and uh, are you able to have boot displays right now, or is that has that been an obstacle for you? Well, it was an obstacle. We weren't able to hold our boot display for the Memorial Weekend, but instead we came up with a second a plan B. We had yard signs made for all of everyone that's in the boot display. We had a yard sign made with their rank, their name, their branch angel date and 
a picture, if we have a picture, we had these printed up and they were on display throughout Station Park over the Memorial Day weekend because we weren't able to do our boot display. Oh, wow. That, that's a great idea. So you just, and there in Farmington Station Park, you just lined the streets, the avenues outside the buildings? Yeah. So we just lined um, the, we had two streets there in the village where the retail spaces are. Mm-hmm. And we line them up chronologically and so that people could drive through or even walk through, you know, because with the pandemic and the restrictions, we weren't, like I said, we weren't able to hold our boot display. But this way, we are still able to honor our heroes. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Before we uh, let you go, Antoinette, and thanks again for giving us this time and sharing with us. I think it's important for all of us. I'm sure there's people listening today and wondering, that sounds great. How do I get involved? How do I help? Is there a way we can be a participant in this? Yes. And I want to thank you, Austin, for contacting me and letting me talk about Operation Hero um, and my husband. So you can visit our website, operationheroes.org. You can contact me on Facebook through Operation, it's at Operation Hero Tracy. And you can get involved. We're always looking for volunteers, looking for boots, um, you know, anything that we can do to get out there and or that you would like, if you would like for us to go talk, we would love to come out and speak to your service members, their spouses, their family members. Um, come out and help us. We would love to have the volunteers the boot display takes a lot of time it's a process so you know not just adults but even kids we love to have kids come out and learn it sounds like a wonderful opportunity to teach the youth as you mentioned earlier and just now to to let them have an experience at a young age so they get that uh, gratitude and grasp of uh, the the gravity of such a situation at an early age and have that for their whole life uh, and your husband tracy uh, left behind a legacy with you, and I believe you have two children, uh, a boy and a girl, right? Yes. And, and you guys carry Tracy with you everywhere you go, and I, I commend you for doing that. It's a mantle that no one ever wishes on anyone or wishes to, to have to accept, but Antoinette, you and your kids, you're doing great. You're doing an amazing job, and you're giants among us, and I thank you so much for doing that. And uh, just for being willing to talk, because I think it's so important for not only someone like me to hear these stories and to hear the emotion and to get real about the conversation. But I I think you would agree it's important for someone like yourself who's experienced the grief and the pain of losing the service member uh, who gave their ultimate sacrifice, gave their life. I hope it's uh, um, cathartic or healing to talk about Tracy and to remember him. And I can tell you this, I'll never go on Pirates of the Caribbean the same way again. I'll never watch the movie the same way again. That's going to be Tracy's ride and Tracy's movie the rest of my life. Well, thank you. Yep, it was. And he's, yeah, he's a huge part of our life. Our son um, is in the Army. His dad's right there with him. Oh, yeah. And our daughter is, she's got the personality of her dad. So um, I thank you and your listeners for giving us the opportunity to share our story about him and Operation Hero. 
Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I was telling uh, uh, Jenny Taylor, I, I get really nervous doing these interviews, uh, Antoinette, because, uh, you know, I, I for my job, I interview NBA and NFL and college football stars and these coaches and these people that uh, fans of sports think, oh, you must be nervous talking to them. I never get nervous talking to any of them. But when I talk to a gold star widow like yourself, I get really nervous because I, I just don't know how to express my gratitude in a way that stands out from all the other people that tell you thank you. But you have to know from my my deepest part of my heart, I love you and I thank you so much for giving us Tracy and for continuing uh, the legacy of our service members. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you. I mean, this means a lot. You know, I'm Tracy, like I said, he just always there helping and teaching. And I just hope I, you know, we continue doing it the way he wants it done. You're doing great. You're doing wonderful. Let let me know if I can ever help you with anything, okay? I will. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, Antoinette. We'll talk soon. Okay. See ya. My deep, heartfelt thanks to Antoinette Stapley, her children, their family, their friends, for, as I said to her, giving us Tracy Stapley and letting us uh, have his life in the fight for liberty and the pursuit of happiness around the world. And thank you from the bottom of my heart to Antoinette for starting and carrying on the legacy of Tracy in the way, in the form of Operation Hero. It's fantastic. And I I really encourage everyone to get involved, even if it's just going and seeing the display. But if you want to volunteer as well, check out their website, operationheroes.org. That's going to do it for a Monday edition, a military Monday edition of the EP podcast. Coming back tomorrow for a top 10 Tuesday. I'm Austin Horton. Until then, please be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> you don't need to stop in this country. Any kind of restaurant, going to like an Applebee's, one of those chains. <laughs> this is so annoying. Where the staff sings happy birthday to somebody. Yeah, look at your nod. Why do we do it? Everybody involved hates it. Staff hates it. Diners hate it. Birthday boy hates it. You know who likes it? Birthday boy's friend. Yeah, that's the one idiot enjoying that moment right there. They're like the arsonist at the fire, like... <laughs> I caused this. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, I was on a Hallmark store that day looking at birthday cards. Have you seen this? Hallmark has a line of birthday cards now for people turning 100. How many of those do you think they sell in a week? Those cannot be flying off the shelf. And if you have to buy a card for somebody's turn 100, put that off to the last minute. <laughs> Okay, laugh at that. It's not like they're here. They're at the casino.